Hi there and welcome to the Pondering Dam podcast, where we talk all things teaching, education, pedagogy and technology. I'm your host, Danny Summerall, and if you're new to the show, make sure you leave a review and share with your peers. Connect with me on Twitter, Instagram and YouTube at Pondering Dan, as well as at PonderingDan.com. All right. Hi, everyone. This is Danny and welcome to the Pondering Dan podcast. We've got a bit of a special episode today. Um, I'm actually joined by two educators, both currently based in the States, but teaching in different contexts. So we've got Troy Harkin, uh, who is a teacher at the Shanghai American School in China, uh, but is currently relocated to Missouri uh, just during this shutdown. And we've also got Rosita Darden from Grand Grandview Preparatory School in Boca Raton in Florida. So welcome both of you to the show. Thank you for having Thanks. us. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it's exciting to to hear about what's happening with you guys um, over there. So I guess we might just start. I'll let you do an introduction each and just tell our listeners uh, just a bit about your school. Um, if you're shut down, how long you've been shut down for. Um, yeah, and we might start with you, Troy. Sure. Um, yeah, so my school... Um, I haven't seen my students since the middle of January. Uh, we wow. had Chi- we had Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year, depending upon where you're from. Yeah. And uh, this all started happening around that time. So we pretty much uh, left in the middle of the new year to come back to the States. And we've been teaching online now for seven weeks, uh, yeah. but prepping for a little bit longer than that. We started prepping during the break itself. Okay. So you had a bit of warning. <laughs> kind of. I mean, kind, we, of. I, <laughs> kind of a bit of warning. I think I know that some schools right now are closing during spring break and they'll be starting up uh, sessions after that's over within some schools here in the States. Uh, so I think they have a bit of prep time and warning time as well to get ready for it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And how about you, uh, Rosita? So we did have a little bit of a warning uh, last week. Uh, I would say like mid last week, you know, we started listening to the news a lot and our administrators had been in contact with powers that be. Um, And by Friday, March 13th, we were told that we would be closed this week. Um, And then the following week is our spring break. So, you know, luckily we have two weeks for, you know, planning what is to come. So we thought we'd only be out for two weeks, but it looks like we might be out for eight weeks yeah how, how long is your spring break um our spring break is just a week so oh. next week is our actual spring break okay so this week has been just a focus on touching base with our students doing a google meets um making sure everybody's feeling okay yeah. i'm encouraging the social distancing and encouraging you know the hand washing and and also trying to be a little uh, light-hearted about it Um, So today I was able to meet with my advisees. Um, I have a couple of different roles, but one of them is advisor to the ninth graders. So my colleague and I met up with them and it it was kind of nice to at least see their faces and talk to them for a little bit and 
get them to uh, understand what is to come. Yeah. School, okay. at least. Yeah. Well, with, um, with our school, so I'm at a, a really large school in the northern suburbs of Melbourne, Australia, and um, we are still open. Today, I think our attendance is around 60%. So, you know, we have 3,000 students. So that's a fair few hundred kids that aren't here today. Um, but we're starting to see a lot of teachers that aren't here as well. So, but we're doing a tremendous amount of work, which I'm sure you've all been through as well, in preparing for eventual closure. So we've got, we've actually got a week and a half until our term one holidays, and we would ordinarily have two weeks off. So we don't know what's happening now, whether we will close before the holidays or whether they'll push us right through. Um, but then we don't know what happens on the other side of those as well. So it's interesting to hear these different, the different sides of, um, you know, where we're all up to. Mm. Um, and I guess you've all, you've both sort of talk, talked a little bit about, you know, how much warning you were given before your shutdown. I'm really curious to know what was the general feeling from, you know, the staff and the students and the families um, from your school communities. Um, Rosita, did you want to start there? Sure. Uh, so for the most part, we've been really watching the news and listening to administrators, you know, tell us what might happen. And so for a lot of us, it wasn't a shock. Uh, yeah. For just a couple, I would say, you know, maybe relieved, like, oh, we kind of get an earlier spring break. <laughs> um, and that's understandable, too. And then for others, a little sadness because, you know, there's uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, mm. This is not something that's just happening in our area. Obviously, this is a global problem. And uh, as far as students, there was a little bit of anxiety uh, from a couple of students, uh, the unknown again, that worry. Uh, so we just tried our best to keep them at ease and uh, try to have a little fun, you know, before the news did go out that we would be closed for school. Yeah. So when you talk about the students that have had anxiety, you know, obviously we've got the same here and Troy, you would have had the same over there. And we've sort of been told as well, you know, try to focus on the fun aspect. And, you know, so, you know, we're still covering curriculum, but it may not be as deep as what it normally would be. Um, is that what you've found as well, Rosita? Like there's a lot of, you know, sometimes we'll throw it out the window. Let's just do something fun this session. Is that sort of what happened? So, yes. And, Unfortunately, not planned. Obviously, I didn't know there was going to be a coronavirus mm. uh, outbreak. But um, we, with my sixth and seventh graders, I'm also an ELA teacher, and we were covering the Holocaust, uh, uh, which is a heavy, heavy topic. Yeah. And so as we started to get the news, because uh, my students are very well informed, and they do watch the news, and we talk a lot about current events, you know, they were saying how it, they were trying to compare it to the Holocaust. And I, I was, as an educator, I'm like, you cannot compare this to the Holocaust because what happened during the Holocaust were horrible atrocities between, you know, humans that were just mm. playing out evil doing this to other people versus this is a virus. But I could see where they were trying to pull a little bit of comparison, you know, uh, the unknown, I guess, right? Not knowing the fear. Um, yeah. so, so that was done. Luckily, we were towards the end of the unit of the study and um, I just started to do some creative writing with them. We just sort of sat down and talked. Um, kind well, of, that's nice. we were just being creative, yes. Yeah, it's, it's sort of almost become a relationship building exercise, hasn't it? 
you know, you can relax a little bit and you want to build their spirits up. Yeah. How, how about um, your teams, Troy? Oh your, man. You know. um, yeah. I think when, when it first started uh, for us, <clears throat> it feels so long ago now, actually. Yeah. Um, we had it to where we just wanted to touch base with students, see how they were feeling, see where they were at in the world uh, because people were traveling during the, during the break that we had, um, you know, kind of all over the place. So that added another level of complexity for us in terms of what our plan was going to be and how we were going to interact with uh, students. But yeah, initially we were definitely trying to just reach out to them, establish those relationships, let them know we're here, let them know we're here to help and start putting some activities into place. Yeah. And then when we realized that it was going to be longer term, uh, we uh, adapted our plan and we continued to do so during this whole time uh, to make it more uh, in line with actually meeting standards and developing assessment and such and having to do that because we realized that it wasn't going to be just for a week or two, that this was going to be going on for a bit longer. Yeah. Uh, so we had to keep in make sure we had time to cover what we needed to cover uh, that we thought that students needed to do in order to be able to pass whatever grade they're in right now or even graduate. Yeah. It's, um, and can I just clarify, so was this the start of your school year over in China or were you following the same as the States and uh, halfway through? Yeah, we were following the same as the States. We were halfway through. Um, okay. So you were we lucky a, you knew the students then. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. already had, we already had rapport with the students at that time. Yeah, good. And I, in Australia, it's quite different where you guys started in uh, just a few weeks ago. What, 10 weeks ago almost now? Um, we're in week eight now. Yeah, week of our now. school oh, wow. year. Yeah, yeah, so what a great yeah. time to have this happen, right? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's really, it's, it's fascinating. And you, you are so lucky that it wasn't this very start of your year. Imagine coming back from your, you know, your summer break and not even finishing your summer break and actually you're having to prepare all of this while you're on holidays. And then for you as well, Troy, having to go, well, hang on, I've got a young family. I probably should go back home and mm -hmm. ride the wave and, and get out of it. So thankfully for being connected, you've been able to keep working, I suppose. That's a good thing. Yeah. It's been yeah. Uh, weird hours of the day for sure, but yeah, we've been doing it. <laughs> yeah. What, what about like um, the families? Were they okay? Uh that's a good question. Um, overall, I think they were okay. I mean, you know, the, the, all the schools in China shut. And so mm. they couldn't really have their children attend school um, really anywhere. And there were some families that were abroad that have tried to maybe enroll their kids in schools or other programs. But as you've seen, that's been happening. Mm. Those have been shutting as well. Um, so in terms of being okay, it's a a very big question i think initially okay but the longer that this goes on it definitely adds a lot of stress um to home life to school to relationships and, and all of that uh, yeah. but we do keep in touch with families on pretty much a weekly basis um lots of open channels of communication with them and um, yeah. yeah they're supportive of all the work that we're doing but we also recognize that yeah it is pretty stressful for a lot of people yeah how um I actually had this question for a bit later on, but I'll ask it now since it's sort of coming up. But how are you both keeping in touch with your families and your students? Troy, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Um, so we use uh, Microsoft Office 365 at our school. Okay. And so with, so with that, we've been able to uh, build up Microsoft Teams and use oh, that as one of our uh, platforms for the synchronous learning uh, for middle school and high school. Uh, in elementary school, uh, they use Seesaw, and I think they use Zoom. 
um, for some contact with the students, but it's not as much as uh, for middle school and high school students in terms of the synchronicity. Yeah. Um, yeah, we also have our learning management system that we use, uh, Schoology, which uh, for tracking, you know, work completion and also okay. maintain communication with parents and things like that um, and students. Okay. So we've been able to maintain contact with um, the, the community, so. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And is yours more synchronous learning or asynchronous? Like, are you doing those videos from home and they've got to complete things at their own pace or you're doing a lot of live stuff? Uh, it's, it's a bit of a mix. So we okay. have like tasks that are set every week um, for students to complete. Uh, I'm a design teacher. And so we've had to shift gears completely to like digital design projects for students to do. Mm. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm also one of the instructional tech coaches. So I've been doing a lot of training and PD and seminars for staff and families and things like that to help mm. get them using the tools. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the synchronous uh, online learning, we uh, twice a week I meet with students. Um, and usually about 20 or so have been showing up as of late okay. uh, to come out for those. And it's for an hour. And we do that twice a week. And we do one in the morning my time, one in the evening my time. And that's just to try to match with wherever the students are in the world. Because one okay. thing we found out really quickly was that uh, we're covering about 20 different time zones right now in terms of families and teachers and students. Oh, wow. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. So, so they're all, so a lot of them have done what you've done and gone back home. Yeah, gone back home. Because obviously yeah. you're an international school. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so they've gone back yeah. home or they've gone someplace where there's family, someplace where they feel comfortable and safe and uh, yeah, have set up home for there for now. Wow, that's fascinating. That's incredible. Um, what about you, Rosita? What are, what are you using to keep in touch with people? So we also have a balance between synchronous and asynchronous learning right now. And of course, it's so new. Literally, today is our day two. So yeah. this week has been focusing on a teacher meetup yesterday using Google. We're a Google mm. school, so we use Google Meets and uh, just touching base with administrators so we know, you know what's to come. And then... Um, Today, I spent a lot of time working with some of the administrators and my colleagues on planning some PDs that we could do online with um, some of our teachers that needed a little bit of help with learning um, how to use specific tools. Like for lower school, we use Seesaw. Uh, yeah. We use actually Seesaw from early childhood all the way through eighth. Oh, uh, good. But oh, yeah, wow. so that's wonderful. And then we use obviously Google Classroom for our, our I would say, fourth through 12th graders. And um, I'm also a, the innovation coordinator for my school. So part of my role is also to just to make sure that I can help the teachers, um, you know, communicate with the parents as to what they need to do on their end uh, mm. for when we do, you know, we do plan on staying closed for quite some time. So after spring break, you know, we'll start formal, if you want to call it formal, but, yeah. you know, lessons and activities. And in the meantime, we've given parents some resources for their uh, children at home optional resources at the moment that they could do because we understand that parents are stressed out you know some have lost jobs some still have to work mm. uh, some may or may not have nannies you know or right. grandparents that may be elderly and cannot take care yeah. of their kids so we're being very mindful about that and just telling them not to stress you know if you can't log on don't worry we'll get you there i mean i've even made myself available to call them personally yeah. and walk them through oh that's good so it seems like we've all got very similar roles within our schools because a lot of 
what I've been doing as well is, you know, preparing teachers um, to use all these online tools. And, and like you, Rosita, we're a Google school. So we're using um, meets for all our meetings and we're trying to work out how that looks if we have to have one-on-one -on -one conferences with students. So, you know, we're talking about now, so, well, how do we do that? Do we send them links and, you know, we've been told we need to record our conversations with our students yes. if we are using those platforms yep. too for our own safety and, um, you know, and then there's lots of technical challenges that come with that. But uh, like both of you, we're using Seesaw, but we're only using that for our junior school, which goes from our foundation to year four. Uh, and I think most of our teachers are pretty prepared for that, and which is really good. And there hasn't been a lot of, like, there's obviously anxiety about the change, um, but I think people have been upskilled enough over time that they feel like they can handle it, which is really good. Um, and then with our middle school students, which is our five to eights, they're using Google Classroom. And I think they're using that a bit in their senior levels, which is our nine to twelves. Uh, but they're also using Ed Rollo as well. So, but as far as us keeping in touch with our parents, we, we plan on just doing that through our normal learning management platform, which is Compass which is okay. Um, I guess we'll test all that out. Um, but I think a lot of teachers will just go on to using those meets and, you know, organizing meetings with parents that way. So, um, and with our community, obviously there's anxiety because the kids are just dropping off every day. We have less and less. Um, and I think it doesn't help that, you know, there's a lot of panic buying happening in, happening in our supermarkets and, yep obviously with different media sensationalizing the stories, you know, and I get that we have to be careful, but then, you know, you wonder how much is valid panic. Um, I don't know. So I guess even for myself, there's that bit of anxiety there, you know, am right. I, am I yeah. prepared enough? Um, and you're probably both thinking the same, I would assume. Yes. I mean, yeah. we all live in three different places, so I'm sure that we could, testify to what we've seen, you know, in the supermarkets or the pharmacies or the drive-throughs, but it, it, it felt very eerie, at least for me, Saturday night. Um, I had gone to Orlando last, the end of last week. Uh, we had planned a field trip. Of course, it got canceled at the last minute. I was already there because I was going to visit my parents and I wanted to make sure they were set up because I have a 93-year-old grandmother and my parents are older. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, people in Orlando were wearing gloves to go shopping and it was a little scary. And then I got back home Saturday, sorry, Sunday night. And I said, you know what, let me go to the grocery store. I don't think I have anything. And mm. that's when I think it really hit me of how real this is mm. um, and that nobody's immune to this because I kid you not when I tell you that I bought the last two bananas wow. um, and a couple of packets of uh, strawberries and there was no barely any milk um so it's it's scary it is scary yeah mm. i was at the supermarket on saturday and i i have enough at home but you know i was just doing my regular top up as you do every week and mm -hmm. and i was blown away by how empty the shelves are. even the health food section was nearly empty which that never happens that's right. always full and i remember going down to pick something up and I looked at my hand and I was actually shaking and I'm like, Oh wow. Like I think that was the moment it actually hit me how real all of this is. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's important that we talk about those feelings with our students as well, because they're going through exactly the same thing. 
Yes. They um, are. Yeah. I guess thinking of my next question for both of you, and it might throw you on, on the spot right now, but what, what advice would you have for teachers that are either closed or about to close uh, or in school, sorry, that are about to close um, to sort of help ease their mind a little bit? I've been hearing that question a lot, even yeah. from some of uh, my administrators and some of my friends that teach in other places around the world. And honestly, like, I know there's a book, Teach Like Your Hair's on Fire. I cannot remember. It was like, you know, one of the books that I got when I first started teaching many, many years ago. And mm. that's what this feels like. It's like you have to throw out the lesson plans and, you know, the ideas you had. And I hate to say that, but it's the truth right now because it's like survival mode. Mm. Um, where we want to make sure, I think teachers should make sure that you're feeling okay, that you're taking care of yourself so that you could be better for your students and that, you know, you're listening to them because everybody has anxiety right now. Mm. And it's important that, you know, we keep it real. We, we don't need to scare our students, but we definitely need to keep it real and we need to keep it simple. Absolutely. Uh, very simple. Yeah. What about you, Troy? Um... Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I know for me, because we've been doing this for um, a bit longer than a lot of other schools out there at the moment, that my ideas might be uh, somewhat different. And I think it's just the biggest thing for us is that, you know, administration leaders of schools need to have a plan in place as much as possible that can yeah. be communicated to their community. They can be communicated to teachers, uh, to students, to families in terms of uh, expectations and, you know, a set of frequently asked questions that they can go to and check on that can be updated on a regular basis and not be afraid to evolve that plan as you go. Because right now, yeah, some schools are saying, sure, we'll be back April 3rd or something like that. And, you know, there's a chance that they might not. Uh, the state yeah. of Kansas just closed their schools for the remainder of the year. And so you're yeah. looking at something where they've already decided, yep, this is what we're going to do. and uh, other states might follow suit. Um, so I think having that plan in place for your community um, is very, very crucial. And the ability to adapt that plan as new information comes in. Mm. One of the, there's tons of resources that are being made out there. And um, I'm not sure if you guys are part of the group yet or not, but on Facebook, less than three weeks ago, this group got created called Educator Temporary School Closure for Online Learning. Okay. And I, you might have sent that to me. I'm not sure. I can't remember. So the this group has gotten really big, really fast. It's almost a hundred thousand teachers right now are in the group, yeah. um, and they started creating different subgroups and things like that within it to see if teachers need more specialized help based on their role in the school, what types of students they're working with, and all of that. And it's got a ton of stuff in there, um, and it's organized quite well. It you know any blog that you're thinking of any. Yeah. list or whatever that you've seen it's going to be in the group and so if you ever feel like you need something to look at or a guide of some sort um start there and see see what they say yeah um, now that what's that group called again troy yeah it's pretty long it's called yeah. the educator temporary yeah. school closure for online learning school closure for i'm typing this furiously and, <laughs> and i will put that in the description to this episode as well so people can find it but i'll be joining you know, that too there's there's schools there's teachers from all over the world that are in the group and they're asking lots of great questions and getting lots of feedback on things pretty much instantly because people are on it all the time right now yeah um that's great that yeah, is great so 
if you're not in that and you know if you joined you're like hey teachers check this out if you need other stuff you can go here as a starting point um yeah. definitely do that yeah and, uh, and that's one of the things that's really amazed me actually i shouldn't be surprised about it because you know we we're all pretty active on social media so we see a lot of the camaraderie between teachers but this has just been magnified to a whole new level and there is things coming left, right and center all the time, which is unbelievable. Like it makes me feel so proud to be a teacher right now because of how well everyone's just working together, like hundreds yeah. of thousands of us. I agree. Um, totally. It's, it's so uplifting. And I think for me, that's one positive that I'm trying to focus on is that um, yes, we're going to fail, but we're going to learn from that and get better. Um, you know, and I'm sort of thinking, of the possibilities long-term, you know, I think this is going to change education big time. Um, maybe not straight away, but down the track, I think people will see, you know, what is actually possible with our learning um, to do differently, which is kind of exciting to think of, um, but also terrifying at the same time, I think. But yeah. yeah I think it's, a it's a forcing work. a lot of teachers uh, that maybe. Uh, were set, you know, in a certain way. And, and I, for the most part, and I'm not speaking for my school, but I know that there's a lot of teachers out there that you know, are, are very traditional and still like to do the worksheets and the workbooks and whatnot. And I think it's forced those teachers to be creative and really just think of other tools and other ways of engaging their students so like you said, you're right. We're going to come out of this so much better and so much stronger. And it's Absolutely. really nice, like you said, to see how everyone's just sharing. I mean, I think educators naturally always share, but yeah. you're right. The amount of information that I'm getting every single day, every minute, mm. I would say, is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, if our listeners want to get in touch with either of you, how mm -hmm. or you're both on Twitter, so that's probably yep. the easiest way. Well, For sure. What yes. are you on Twitter, Troy? Uh, I am at Harkin World, H-A-R-K-I-N World. Excellent. And Rosita? At Teacher Darden. Excellent. And um, I'm at Pondering Dan, but if you listen to this, you would already know that. <laughs> but if you've got any questions for myself, Troy or Rosita, um, please reach out. Um, we're all here to help each other. We've got a lot to get through, um, however long it takes as well. So we could probably talk about this for hours, um, but we don't <laughs> want to keep our listeners on our podcast for hours as well. So I really appreciate you both joining in really last minute, actually. We only planned this an hour ago. So I'm so thankful that I've had the chance to talk to both of you about your experiences and, um, you know, it might be good to catch up again in a month or yeah. two and see where we're at there. It's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thank you everyone for listening today. Uh, again, if you like what you've heard today, please like and share the podcast. If you want to get in touch with me again, I'm at pondering Dan on Twitter or drop me a line at Dan at pondering Dan.com. Uh, any parting words, Rosita or Troy? No, thank you for having us and just stay healthy. That was for everybody. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. You guys are going to be all right. Just yes. it's going to take some time, but you're going to be all yeah. right. And you're going to be there for your kids and families. You're going to be all right.
Yeah. Thank you. I feel like I want to break out in song, you know, a high school musical. We're all in this together. I won't do it. I won't subject you to that. But <laughs> all right. Thanks, everyone. And that's all for this episode. Until next time, I'm Danny. Bye. 